Hey, welcome to Does Buffy Suck? The podcast where we watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer and decide if it's awesome or if it sucks. A big rainstorm just ended and uh, it got all sunny out. So I'm like, I'm gonna go outside and do some stuff. But I hear thunder on the horizon. So I better record this quick. So this is finishing up the Buffy pilot. We recorded these episodes all together in one big batch. So they don't have proper introductions. So here I am introducing you. Let's set the scene. My name's Keith, I'm your host, and I've been a Buffy fan since like 1998 or so. And my co-hosts are Mike, who's also a Buffy fan from back in the day. Julian, who used to watch some of the latter-day episodes of the show when he was younger, but doesn't know any of the early stuff. And Rayanne. Rayanne's our secret weapon because she doesn't know shit. <laughs> she asked if Seth Green plays Spike. It's delightful. So basically, yeah, it's two old viewers introducing the show to two new viewers. And so far it's going pretty well. So this is the second half of the pilot, Welcome to the Hellmouth Part 2. Or, as I learned, when you split these episodes up into their individual parts, this one's actually called The Harvest. So look at that, we're learning already. We're already learning things that probably every single person listening to this already knows. But I didn't know that. So yeah, let's discuss the end of Buffy's first harrowing adventure. When we last left our heroes, they were fighting a bunch of vampires. <laughs> oh yeah, and we're also going to talk about the unaired pilot, which if you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube. It's, uh, it's, it's a little interesting. Go check that out. And we're going to talk about that too. All right. It's getting very ominous out here. Okay, on with the show. Hey, can you be quiet? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, uh, my dog. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, you felt so bad for a second. I'm sorry to, to do that to you. So welcome to the Hellmouth Part 2. So it aired the same night, all the same movies and songs were still popular because it was only an hour that had passed. So uh, I guess they saved Willow at the end of the first half, right? I didn't write that down. Uh-huh. But I've got that they all gather in the library to try to figure out how to go save Jesse. So I presume that in that fight scene, they saved Willow. Oh, the the first episode ended with that cliffhanger of like the vampire is about to bite Buffy. And then in the second episode, it was really just like, I felt like it was kind of like deflating a balloon. It was like this big, huge, like, oh my God, she's about to die. And it was like, yeah. he saw a crucifix and ran away. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I didn't even see it. I like looked away for a second and I was like, oh, what are, did she kill him? <laughs> Julian's like, yeah. And I was like, how? He's like, gosh, oh, there was a cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, that was clearly just an ad break that they hit. Like the, they just picked a part in the episode where um, this was the end of the first hour and when this actually aired, it would have been two minutes of commercials and then come back to resolve that cliffhanger immediately. Like, it, I don't think it was meant to, to be like a long, long cliffhanger. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It was meant to be a full two hour thing that you yeah. watch as, as a thing. Still, yeah. I still think it's a letdown because even if it, like, it was still like the biggest fight of the episode and then it's over in a second. Yeah. And my first note for the second half is just that the gang gathers in the library. So I'm like, yeah, I missed something there. (laughs) (laughs) Some some shit went down. But this is always what I found. Buffy kind of taught this, taught me this about myself is I'm super interested in dialogue and in character development stuff. And then as soon as a fight scene starts, my brain just glazes over. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, let's just get through this. Like, unless it's an incredibly great fight scene, I don't give a fuck. I'm the same way. I just kind of tune out because I guess like 
my brain's like, well, you don't really need to know what happens, just who wins. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's a couple I can think of. Like there's this one episode of Angel where Angel and Faith have like, it's like a, it's insane. It's like a 40 minute fight and that's amazing. But unless you're going to go out of your way to make it a centerpiece of the episode, then yeah, who fucking gives a shit? It's just, I mean, the fight scenes are pretty good and uh, it's way more noticeable later that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is just a lot curvier in season one. She lost a lot of weight as the show went on, but her stunt double didn't. Her stunt double is still super buxom all throughout the show. So you'll definitely notice some times where all of a sudden when Buffy does a backflip, she has boobs and then she doesn't. (laughs) It's just it's kind of funny. But they do a pretty good job with these fight scenes. I just don't give a fuck about fight scenes. It's just it feels like a requirement of a an action show on TV. You gotta, you gotta do it. Especially at that time, right? Like this was, this was the the late nineties. It was a genre show. Like you've got to have fight scenes and they've got to be of the shitty nineties quality of fight scene where everything looks like a little stilted. It's not high quality. It's like, it's what they could afford for that kind of show. Yeah. And it's also called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So she should do some slaying Yeah, from time yeah. to time. <laughs> yeah. So we got the gang gathering in the library and this is just kind of a, uh, this establishes the core group is we've got Giles, who he knows all about the ancient tomes and stuff. Willow, especially in these early ones, is all about computers, but she's just sort of becomes more of an all purpose nerd. Uh, Buffy's the Slayer, so she has Slayer powers. And Xander, you know, he's around. <laughs> he's hanging out. You know, it's funny. He has a zinger once in a while. Xander is like the guy that's like everyone kind of hates because he's kind of not that important or whatever. But for some reason, he's the guy that I always connected with. Because I was like, he's just, you know, making jokes because he's insecure and no one really takes him seriously. Uh, and he just wants his friends to like him. <laughs> That's you. Like I was even going to say, if we do skip ahead a little bit in this season, the first episode that happens that I think is kind of worth watching is a Xander episode. And that does always, like Xander episodes are always good. Mm. <laughs> you know You know what else? Uh, he's also a really bad actor, but... Uh, when I was watching the first episode, I remember I had this, I mean, just the other day, I had the thought like, oh, he kind of looks so weirdly like a young Bruce Campbell. Yep. And mm. then I was like, oh, and he's also the guy who's always making quips and doing one-liners. I was like, I wonder if that was intentional. It has to be. I don't know. Like, he, he's basically channeling Bruce Campbell and Evil Dead and, um, I guess, more specifically, like, Army of Darkness Yeah. in this character. Yeah, I never really picked up on that before but just this time watching it i was like oh maybe so yeah he's definitely a good example too of i mean if you follow anybody from this show and try to follow their careers it's usually not worth it you know and he's a great example i watched every stupid thing nicholas brendan was ever in and the only one that was ever good was that movie you told me about my continuum or whatever it was called the time travel movie i think confluence or something anyway it was really cool (laughs) we can't remember what it's called but (laughs) but i watched i watched some fucking bad movies like beach blanket murder party and all this terrible shit just because he's in it (laughs) are you saying the episodes of criminal minds that he's in are not good i mean i guess i gotta go watch him now thanks a lot (laughs) (laughs) to fully appreciate them you have to watch criminal minds from the beginning Uh uh-huh yeah shit you guys want to do a criminal minds podcast we call (laughs) there's probably i bet you there's so many we'll call it criminal minds good or great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does criminal minds suck <laughs> so their good friend jesse who they will never forget and they're deeply concerned about is taken to the master's hangout and uh we learned that the master is trapped underground because he he was attempting to crack open a hellmouth and bring demons back to earth and he failed part way through so now he's trapped between realms and that's why he can't leave this little place is he's stuck down in the earth 
But there's this thing called the harvest. And if he can accomplish the harvest, which we're not totally clear what that is yet, then he'll be released onto Sunnydale and it's going to be all scary. And one thing that's also neat about uh, the different ages of vampires is the young vampires are scared when they hear there's a slayer and they run away because why wouldn't you? But the master is excited when he hears that there's a slayer. And that's something that comes up later too is like, there's some old badass vampires. They're like, fuck it. I killed a few of you motherfuckers. I'll kill another one. Let's go. And I just think that's kind of cool that, you know, these ancient vampires are not scared of the slayer. Okay. But Jesse was bit. So why didn't he die? Uh, so there's different varying levels of what a vampire can do to you. They can just bite you and uh, suck your blood and you die. Or they do a thing where they suck some of your blood and give you some of their blood. And it's like a transfusion. And then you become a vampire. And I don't know what point he's at at this point. But, you know. Because a bite is just like, I think you could think of a normal bite as just being bit by anything else. So they just bit him and he drained his blood, but not enough for him to die. But and was he at this point a vampire then? No, because they, she says, talks about like how you have, like what Keith just said. They suck your blood. You suck their blood. It's a whole like <laughs> you got to do a sixty-nine pageantry, yeah. And then uh, it's like a you know a whole thing, and then that's how you get to be a vampire. So that doesn't happen to everyone. Most of the time, they just bite people to feed, not to like turn them into a vampire. Is this like general vampire knowledge that I don't have, or specific to Buffy? Uh, I think Buffy's got yeah. It's pretty much its own kind of okay. spin on vampires. Because like in Twilight, you just have to like sprinkle glitter on people and shit. I think. Yeah. Well, again, sure. in the unaired pilot, the lady vampire says he. Oh no, Buffy says it. She's like he wasn't bit enough, or Willow. She wasn't bit enough. She's still good. So it's like, what what level is it bad? I mean, I guess just, yeah, it's uh, all, all we really know is there is some kind of sliding scale. You don't care enough about this <laughs> Well, you got to assume that the vampires know what they're doing, you know? Like, this is their job. <laughs> so it's like, I'm not going to tell my mechanic how to fix a car. I'm going to tell these vampires how to do their biting. I think you just think of it like if I bit your neck and started sucking your blood, eventually you would die. But like at a certain, you know, there'd be a certain point where I bit your neck and suck a little bit of your blood and then walked away then you could probably survive. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a bad day. Yeah. All right. I'll accept it. I think that's how, that's how I interpret it, with the exception of the whole turning someone into a vampire, which is like a whole procedure. Okay. So here's the line of dialogue I wrote down that is uh, classic 90s, just weird stuff that, you know, was just the way people talked was a little different in the 90s, is Buffy figures out where the entrance to the vampire lair is. It's in some mausoleum or something in the graveyard. And she goes, God, I'm so mentally challenged. Yikes. Yeah, yeah that was my one <laughs> note too, see? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, because it's, it's like that combination of, like, especially these early episodes are really heavy on the, like, clever turns of phrase and the weird slang terms and like they they chill out with that a little so i think this is a combination of that of that they want to just find a funny weird backward way to say something and that it was totally okay back then to go like you're retarded well here's the (laughs) thing that's not what they said and like by them saying i'm so mentally challenged i think was like the woke of the late 90s they were like we didn't drop the (laughs) r word yeah it's fully okay (laughs) yeah we just said mentally. i do think that was yeah i mean the real woke thing would be just to not say it at all. Obviously, we know. Sure. But maybe at the time they thought they were being like, oh, yeah, we don't use that word. <laughs> yeah, totally. So back at school, Cordelia is in mean girl mode. And like all the weird stuff happened at the bronze with like some weird fight breaking out around Buffy and like clearly some weird shit's happening. 
So Cordelia is just spreading weird rumors about like, did you see what all this stuff that happened? Like, I don't think Buffy's cool. Because at this point, Buffy kind of could have gone either way. She could be with the cool girls or she could be with the nerdy library gang. And this is where it's definitely leaning away from the cool girls because Cordelia is like, fuck this. But what's neat about this scene is another case of like when you know where things are going later. Miss Cordelia is telling all this shit to just these two random people. One of them is this surfer dude and one of them is this other mean girl chick. And the surfer guy is nobody. He's no one. We never see him again. But the girl is Harmony, who, again, uh-huh. so important, like just keeps coming back in the show. All the stuff that happens to her is crazy. And it's just so neat to see these random actors that they probably just picked for this dumb pilot that they had no plans for. And just to see who lived and who died, who survived into season two and who never showed up again. Again, Harmony. There's so many people with these names. There's one name. There's one normal name so far out of like 20 people. Well, which one? Jesse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's, he doesn't even count. And he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are a little heavy on the... Uh, I never really thought of like Cordelia and Willow as being that bad, but I think that's just proof of how bad everyone else's names are. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, that those seem sort of acceptable. Very few people know a Willow or Cordelia. And then they have a Giles, which is like the most generic ass English name you can possibly <laughs> think of. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's come up yet, but his full name is Rupert Giles. <laughs> so a British, British. McBritishman, right. <laughs> yeah, his middle name is Tweed. <laughs> So now that uh, Buffy got over her uh, being mentally challenged and realized where the master's lair is, she's like, all right, I'm going to go rescue Jesse. And Xander's like, well, I'll come along. And again, it's like they only have so many sets. They only have so many lead actors. They're just like, yeah, I guess Xander will come along. But there's no fucking reason for this guy (laughs) to be accompanying the slayer into the master's lair. Yeah. But he does. And the master takes his biggest dude and anoints him. He does this anointing thing. I got now. I got dogs on my end. That was so East Coast. Supper, ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these fucking dogs just give it a sec. Maybe they'll stop barking. <laughs> they really want supper. Was, was your dad screaming that at uh, the dogs or at the house? <laughs> Who can say? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> whoever's around, whoever's in the mood. It's like you go upstairs, he's just staring into the corner. Like, <laughs> so the master does this thing, he anoints this guy. So this vampire now can can go kill people and the master will gain the power from whoever this dude kills. And uh, then the master says this very uncool line where he's like, Oh, and when the master gets enough power, oh, that's what the harvest is. This is the harvest is they've anointed this guy. He goes and harvests the blood of teens. And if the master gets enough power through that, he can break out of all this shit. And he says, tonight I shall walk the earth and the stars themselves shall hide. Rad. (laughs) And they just take that at face value, like a cool thing to say, where I feel like later on in this series, like there would have been a beat. And everyone would have stared at him awkwardly because he said such a stupid thing. Yeah. But at this point in the show, they think that's just a cool thing for a villain to say. Well, the master, as he's presented here, is like this really weird, almost self-aware character where every once in a while he says something that's like idiosyncratic with what his character is and like very 90s and like kind of quippy. And then he goes back to just brooding movie villain guy. He also, I meant to mention this earlier, he's got this thing that I think they thought was a cool idea, but it's really not, where he's got this red around his mouth. Yeah. And it's supposed to be because he's drunk so much blood that he's permanently bloodstained. 
But I think they even realized how stupid that was because later on in the season, Buffy calls him Punch Mouth. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like you drank too much punch. <laughs> to me, it just looked like the mask was peeling off and his real mouth was showing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just was a, it was definitely a, a not a great plan all around. So, uh, so they, I guess the gang finds out about this harvest. Jesse, I don't know my know sounds who gives a shit. They know the harvest is going to happen, but they don't know where. And Xander, again, because they have so few sets, he's like, well, obviously it'll be at the bronze because that's where all the kids are. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, all right, sounds good. And, uh, and it turns out Xander was right. They do. <laughs> it does all happen at their other set, the bronze. <laughs> uh, this episode's going along, so we'll talk about Buffy's mom later. But Buffy's mom tries to apocalypse block her and is like, don't leave the house and stuff. And Buffy's mom drives me nuts, but we'll have lots of time to talk about her later. <laughs> So Vampire Jesse is one of the people at the bronze, and this is where we learn that when you become a vampire, you also become very cool, because suddenly Cordelia is like, oh, you're not as much of a nerd as I thought, you're kind of cool. <laughs> but Darla and the rest of the vampires, they all show up at the bronze, they start siphoning blood for the master, it's a whole big thing. So Buffy shows up, Buffy fights all the vampires while the rest of the gang helps the uh, various teens escape. So I guess they're not totally useless, you know, they're just, they do something while Buffy fights everyone. And this is where Jesse dies, he's just giving a big a big dramatic speech about how the power he feels and how amazing it is to be evil and an evil demon and it's the best and someone bumps into him just nudges him and he like is was it xander holding the stake yeah and he just he just gets knocked into the stake and he's dead and this isn't even an opportunity for like xander to have some character development of being like oh man i fucking killed my best friend it's just yeah oh no i accidentally bumped into you and now you're dead which is like good for that random comic book writer years later to be like yeah man xander accidentally murdered his best friend <laughs> like maybe he would be affected by that mm-hmm. yeah i was thinking it would be cool because there's like many apocalypses in this show and they they bring it up but they actually do a good job of it like they'll have these like somber moments where they're like oh, how many how many times has this been and giles will just be like the fifth but it feels like a million you know <laughs> like they're self-aware that every season it's an apocalypse but they treat it all serious and one of those times would have been a good time to be like man can you believe how crazy these last few years have been like our fucking friend died and we didn't even have time to ever let it sink in or something they could have brought it up yeah. mm-hmm. but instead we will never speak or see of jesse again well i won't give him any time of day then yes yeah. fuck you jesse mcnally rest in peace <laughs> So it's weird. It's like it's a neat idea to have one of the main characters die, but then they did it in a silly way, too. So it's like I just feel like he's throwing a lot of darts at the dartboard here. (laughs) And it's like, I don't know, whatever. Some of them work, some of them don't. He was a stupid character anyway. He was always going up and like trying to get with Cordelia. What loser would be trying to do that to the most popular girl in school? That wouldn't happen. Yeah, he basically was just Xander with fewer funny lines. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it is true. That's what Screech did to Lisa Turtle. Oh, no, <laughs> that's what TV does. Uh, so then the master's plan is foiled through Buffy's fighting. She fights the big guy and kills him and whatever. And uh, now Buffy has a gang. And Giles warns us that, oh, you know, we're on the Hellmouth. It's not just vampires. Why, it could be anything. It could be mummies or leprechauns or various weeks of television could easily happen under these circumstances <laughs> please watch our show yeah, yeah. basically like have you seen x-files imagine that but for teenagers yeah. <laughs> so that's the series established so uh i guess real quick we can just talk about the unaired pilot just the little half hour 25 minute version that they pitched to uh get the the network to 
to fucking greenlight the show. And I think obviously the most obvious difference is that a different person played Willow. Yeah. Okay. But also the songs are incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Right when they didn't have to pay for the licensing rights and stuff, they could just put in any cool song. Yeah, the songs are way better. The show starts with Rancid playing. It was awesome. Every song was great. Every single song. There was like five songs that whole episode, and every single one was a bop. Yeah, and there was even a card up at the top, right at the beginning, that's like something about the music in this was not licensed, uh, <laughs> not for air, not to be aired, or something nice. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's one reason, like they've never officially released this thing, even on that big seven season box set and joss was like ah it sucks i just don't want to put it out but i mean that's probably part of the reason too is like for you're not sure. gonna pay for all this music just for a dvd bonus feature yeah so. yeah and really the show is it should be an hour-long show and never should have been a, a half-hour show mm-hmm. and yeah it was it was just clearly the budget was so low on that and like the story like the plot of the unaired pilot was just that subplot of Willow went off with a vampire, and then the and then they have to save Willow. Yeah, like it was just that, which is like not very compelling. And I'm pretty sure I read it was like the network uh, that decided to recast Willow. Uh, it wasn't Joss's choice, but man, I feel like they did him a solid. Like the, it is such an upgrade of like again, like the Allison Hannigan is like yeah, especially as the show goes on. Like she's like the she's almost like the emotional core of that show like when something happens that makes willow upset you know it's bad and you feel bad where this this uh her name was riff regan who played the original willow you just she just doesn't have it you yeah. could just feel she doesn't have that kind of gravitas or whatever yeah she you just didn't i didn't i couldn't tell what type of character she was supposed to be like she didn't have a reaction to anything whereas willow was the only character Allison Hannigan plays, which was perfect. That's exactly who she is in the show. Uh, she also plays the host of Penn and Teller's Fool Us. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Good to know. Is it? Is that a? I assume it's a magic show. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. That's a whole other story. But yes, it's a magic competition magic show where okay. people are trying to fool Penn and Teller with their tricks. It's perfect. That's ideal. Yeah. I I, I love that. I like how just inadvertently just through talking it's like this podcast is like turning people on to a lot of other great shows criminal minds <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> person of interest yeah. bones, bones. Yeah. yeah i've never heard of bones <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i don't want any spoilers really um big ones but i looked up her uh riff reagan reagan oh yeah and uh, the article just immediately started to give stuff away even before it got to the reason why she was recast so i don't know so you'll have to tell me because i stopped reading it well what i read uh, here is just basically i looked her up and i felt kind of bad because on her imdb it's just known for playing willow and buffy the vampire slayer and it's yeah. like uh-oh <laughs> i said to julian i was like damn like she almost had her big break and then nothing else happened. Like, look at Alison Hannigan was in Buffy for seven years, How I Met Your Mother for, like, 10 or 11, and syndication and everything. Like, she's, like, she's set for the rest of her life, and that could have been that other girl. Totally. She didn't suck. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. It wouldn't yeah. have been, though. She sucked. The nice thing is, though, this was what made me feel better, is I looked into her a little more, and uh, she obviously never made it as an actress. She was in a few little things, but nothing, nothing big. But uh, she works as a director of operations for a nonprofit HIV AIDS organization in Washington, D.C. So arguably, that's way better. Like she would have wasted her life being a dumb actress. (laughs) Instead, she's like doing a real thing that helps the world. Yeah. So it was probably fate that she lost that role (laughs) because now she gets to save lives. Well, it makes me think like, what have you ever done for 
the cause of HIV AIDS, Alison Hannigan. <laughs> All you did was be a great actress. <laughs> like you could argue Riff Regan did more for us. And there's probably so few people other than this weird fandom that knows about this person. And so she has such a good fast fact about her when she meets new people. <laughs> you're like in a group in your improv class and it's like, hey, tell us one thing about you. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was Willow whatever on this show. I wonder, though, if like if Buffy super fans ever see her and recognize her, I'm sure at least someone has said like, oh, yeah, you should have been Willow. I wonder if she's ever just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's like, fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I wasn't. It was the right choice. Yeah. I'm curing AIDS. Well, when we when we get uh, Allison Hannigan as a guest on the podcast, um, mm-hmm. we can ask her what she thinks of Riff Regan. Yeah. Totally. And we can ask her if Buffy sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, i just got a few little random ass notes i noticed about the unaired pilot uh so cordelia says that the band playing at the bronze is called dingoes ate my baby and they loved that so much that that is in fact the name of seth green's band later when he joins the show all right and i always even back in the 90s when everyone was offensive and it was jackass and wwe attitude era and south park I always thought Dingo's Ate My Baby is a very weird and inappropriate name for a band because that's a real thing that happens where Australian babies get eaten by wild dogs. No, it didn't happen. That that's that was the story that this lady said that a dingo ate her baby, but it wasn't true. Oh, it's like an urban legend? No, she said it like to the police or whatever, but it turned out it wasn't true or something. Oh, that makes me feel better because I yeah. thought it was a, a real phenomenon and they were like making fun of it. And I'm like, why? I don't think it's a common occurrence. I think we'd hear about it a lot more. Yeah, my line is very weird where it's like all these super offensive things I don't care about, but Dingo's Ate My Baby. I'm like, I don't care for that band name. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very strange. But I love just seeing these little like seeds that come later that obviously joss whedon was like that is the funniest band name in the world and i'm definitely reusing that idea (laughs) guess he did my favorite part of this episode is when xander is giving buffy the introduction to all the cliques and it's like that was my next note (laughs) it was very mean girls although mean girls is later but yeah like yeah well it was like exactly like 10 things i hate about you where they go around and they're like the different groups but then one of them is the cowboys (laughs) (laughs) it's just these like dudes eating beans out of a can with this one it's just all of a sudden the line is ah the dirty girls (laughs) (laughs) and then buffy asking why why do you call them that and then she smells them i guess (laughs) They should have kept that. <laughs> yeah, because that is awesome. Because I remember that was like an old joke in the 90s about like Gen X and grunge is like the real grunge people are the ones that haven't taken a shower this week and are all gross. <laughs> you know, they're not the cool like MTV with the makeup and stuff. Uh, another big thing is that Stephen Tobolowski was the original principal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's when I texted Keith. I was like, is that Steven Tobolowski, like in this tiny little part in this little pilot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little weird that they, he didn't stay on. And it's weird because he, he would have been fine. He's obviously a great actor and stuff. But in this particular pilot, I feel like he was like way too jokey. He was... Oh, yeah. Like if they stuck with that vibe, that's where the show was like, uh, which way are we going to go with this? Are we going to be, are you afraid of the dark? Or are we going <laughs> to be something else? And he was fully in the silly... Which isn't his fault it's the in the writing yeah yeah like the repeated joke of oh he doesn't know buffy's name or can't remember buffy's name just does not work (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) it didn't hit yeah i mean they definitely made a lot of really good calls coming out of that yeah like we didn't need that like 
this is this is this click and this is we've seen that like trope a million times and like we get it so mike you mentioned this earlier that the that one time they showed a vampire die in the pilot it's just like the worst special effect it's like <laughs> yeah this really slow like it melting away thing and so they change that in the show later to just the dusting you just when you poof into dust but even that you'll notice as we watch that they had a budget where they could only show so many on-screen vampire deaths because it's a special effects cost so there's a lot of you hear the poof sound (laughs) and (laughs) you never see the vampire again (laughs) well going back to uh, the riff rig and being horrible when the death happened with the vampire she just went (gasps) and then her face went back to normal like that was it it was no reaction at all she was just yes so so bland well it's weird because like allison hannigan in a way is like a movie nerd like a tv nerd where it's like oh she's supposed to be the nerdy girl but i had the hugest crush on her she's like beautiful she's like she's not a nerd at all that's the point she is beautiful it's like but it's like realistic for all the losers but riff regan is like just like a very nice bland person like just all of her lines were just like oh no of course not oh you'll be fine in the new school and it's just like god you're so fucking boring yeah <laughs> like you're too real this is a tv show <laughs> you know? like come on yeah, like willow willow has a personality that comes through almost immediately and none of that happens for yeah sorry uh, allison hannigan's willow uh, has a personality that comes through almost immediately and riff reagan's doesn't really do anything no and it, it wasn't that they didn't write her with enough character. It was just like Alison Hannigan just has that, like, you know, yeah. factor. And can you imagine, too, like, again, without giving away future stuff, but obviously everybody in this show goes through some some shit, some ups and some downs. And the stuff that happens to Willow, if you imagine Riff Regan trying to pull this shit off, it's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm really going to be invested in the ups and downs of the life of willow version one like it's not gonna happen (laughs) so yeah so the network made the right call yeah with that one for sure so my very last note is another just cool thing to notice is they're just in the bronze and they're just in a line waiting to get in and there's just this random little short guy who just says are you the new girl and buffy says yes and then he just turns away and doesn't say anything else and it's just a complete throwaway scene it's just nothing but that short guy his name's jonathan and of like, you know, I'm like, oh, Darla's important. Harmony's important. This guy, Jonathan, so ludicrously important for where this show goes. And here he is just, he's just the guy who's in line at the bronze. Yeah. And he might not have even been the same character. He might just be the same actor. <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to believe he's the same character. <laughs> Why not? Because I feel like he's the, he's the guy as his character is in the show later. Like he's, he would go to the bronze because he wants so, so bad to be accepted and to be cool. Yeah. He's never going to be. <laughs> but, but anyway, so yeah, again, that stuff won't mean anything yet. Darla and Harmony and Jonathan. But eventually, keep your eye on these youngsters because they're, they're going places. Consider it tucked away. And Rayanne, that's Danny Strong, uh, who you know from Gilmore Girls as, uh, what's Paris's uh, boyfriend's name? Which, which one? The, like, Doyle? Doyle, yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot he was in that show. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> well, strap in. He's going to make an appearance for sure. Yay. I love that. He's like, he gets more and more important and then like kind of really important. And then you're like, yeah, but I think that's it for him. And then he comes back again and he's even more important. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All the stuff he does in this show. So that character was in these two episodes? Uh, only in the pilot. The unaired pilot. Oh, okay. One line. 
He was on screen for like 30 seconds. See, I miss that. Yeah, you would never, it's a nothing scene you would never Damn. ever notice or ever care unless you knew what he is later. But I mean, I like him the biggest Gilmore Girls fan in the world, so I'm surprised I didn't like pick up on his face. He was also a lot younger then. And that copy mm. of the unaired pilot that's floating around is literally 240p or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. real real trash, yeah. <laughs> it's the lowest you can get. Yeah, and I also gotta say, uh, I, I did a little bit of research while uh, we were talking. Uh, so, the dingles ate my baby thing. Apparently, it, it was <laughs> that no one believed them, and they thought they they killed their child. And then when the body was eventually found, it was it was I guess deemed to have been killed by a dingo. Oh, the dingo did do it. Yeah. Uh, see, so I mean, yeah, that's like just such another '90s thing of just like yeah, that's his funny name for his edgy band. But it's not funny. It's fucking gross and it's weird. Horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying. Yeah. A dead baby. <laughs> and I guess too, Dingo's ate my baby. I mean, it is it is the kind of name that a bunch of seventeen year olds would name their band. So, For yeah, sure. I guess it's... My high school boyfriend's band was called I Have a Dollar. <laughs> no reason. It's just someone said it. But yeah, we made it. So should we just keep rambling for another hour? Good? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's make that. I really, I can't believe how long that was, but I do. I, I guess it's because, yeah, it's like a double episode. We're fucking setting up all the setup of this stuff and just talking about our history with the show. Yeah. I really suspect our future episodes will be way smaller than this. But yeah. who knows? We have such fun. We have such fun hanging out. This was two episodes plus a half hour or something plus, yeah, the setup and our background. So there was a lot. So how are you feeling? feeling uh everybody does buffy suck no i'm gonna say if does buffy suck uh not yet (laughs) no i'm just kidding uh yeah i mean it's not yeah not yet i think is accurate i think keith's already alluded to there's some real trash coming up (laughs) yeah i'd say at this point it there's definitely things that suck but overall no not bad pretty good yeah oh yeah i guess uh, i can do so uh obviously you can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are available i'm gonna toss it on youtube and shit too so uh but if you have that's what i could say if you got if you got thoughts if you got comments if you have opinions about this or any of these upcoming episodes season one of buffy in general uh it's buffy podcast on instagram yeah just go drop a comment in there keith's random novel friends who might be listening to this to to see another side of him or my two friends who think this might be something worth <laughs> listening to and won't listen again after this episode, <laughs> drop us a note. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now I guess uh, do we, we got to come up with a, a classic sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know if Buffy sucks yet. <laughs> My boyfriend, ladies and gentlemen. I like it. I'll go with the awkward ending anytime. <laughs> The Dirty Girls. Why do you call them? Oh, wow. They have views on hygiene. It's pretty intense.